0: We're at this real critical moment, this battle against these tyrants, ordinary people having to rise up and fight tyranny. And there's no better example of that than what happened today with that leak of the Supreme Court opinion, just an opinion, majority opinion, mind you, but still an opinion about abortion, which indicates to me, at least, that we are still very much in the middle of that fight between tyrants kings and thieves, as I think I said in the open, and uh, ordinary people. And we have a lot of fights still to go before we get out of it. This is something that has been a result of 50 years of work, and it certainly does not represent the opinions of the majority of the people of the United States. It is an apparent decision
1: and an aberration at the same time. This is a Hail Mary pass, as they would say in American football. This is a last minute move of desperation by certain political elements, because this is the threat that's supposed to hang over american politics is that oh we've made abortion which is a necessary medical procedure in many cases policy i want um, to underline something was, you said there because this is a political move firstly this is a move designed to make june
0: an impossible month it's designed to make the month that we were going to have the jan 6 hearings take place impossible for those hearings to actually take place because the noise that is going to emerge over the next six weeks until that hearing is going to make everything about Jan six disappear. It is also a very deliberate move by a group of people who are very seriously dismantling America as we know it. They are not just a political party trying to throw some bad ideas at the wall. This is not just Marjorie Taylor Greene and her friends. Let's be stupid and talk about Jewish lasers. No, this is about a group of people around the world who I've called the enemies of democracy who are deliberately trying to destroy Mm. the American state. And they're trying to destroy the system of democracy that rules that state. And they've been doing it very carefully for many years, longer than we've been aware of it, but we've certainly been aware of it for the last five or six years. And clearly we are still seeing today the effect of an endless amount of effort and dollars being spent on destroying America. I mean, this is really what it comes down to, is destroying America, even at its very face value. This is designed to create so much polarization and so much tension in this country that it will just blow up
1: whatever uh, civility we can have over the next few months heading into the elections. I often make reference to my game theory thread of December mm-hmm. the 11th, 2016, because that's when I started talking about Russian intelligence and working both sides of the spectrum. And it's the Russians that often end up as the stars in that piece of writing that I came out with. But I started telling a longer story arc that goes back four or five decades. And that really applies to Leonard Leo and the Federalist Society here. When I start talking about the right wing, I start talking about the network of think tanks and media outlets that started in the 70s and 80s. This is a long operation. And it is not entirely a Russian operation by any stretch of the imagination. There's been a political movement from the right to reinvent itself post Nixon. And that is, they built on Nixon's Southern strategy of going into what was Dixiecrat territory of the older Democratic Party in the South, which had plenty of unsevery connections never dealt with before. They started weaving some of their ideas into these networks of think tanks. And some of those think tanks have become deeply compromised and serious tools of foreign powers. But in any event, several of these think tank organizations have had for their ultimate end, the overthrow of the American government. And that's different than any left-wing organization that we've had. And we've had straight up, if you go back 50, 60 years, Mm or 70 years or whatnot, and you look at Rosa Parks, for example, great civil rights icon, if I'm not mistaken, member of the Communist Party of the United States, a lot of really them- know that. that's interesting. Yeah, they're out of out. the Communist Party in the United States based out of Alabama. Interesting, right? The Soviet aligned communists picked the South to base themselves in, and there's connections to the Black Liberation Movement, and because it's a, you think about, and the Russian political destabilization and whatnot, it's something they'd wanna have a hand on in mm-hmm. terms of a, a lever. I'm from Vermont, our, our friend Bernie Sanders there, he did his honeymoon in Russia, the mm-hmm. famous footage of him drinking vodka and his t-shirts with Peter Clavel and and his bride. Peter Clavel ends up being the second mayor of Burlington after Bernie. There's, so, so there's some affinity there, mm-hmm. but it, there's a big difference between Chris Hayes, we can't live in a country where the 3% over the 2% have the 1%. That's great. I haven't seen you do the the impersonation of Chris Hayes, but well done. That's good.
0: No, that's good.
1: (laughs) Bernie Sanders. We can't live in a country where the banks own 50% of everything that is 2%. He's not trying bernie and i've he's not always been my favorite bernie never wanted to replace the system of government i never heard that and he's a pretty radical dude i think once upon a time he wanted to take back some general electric factory and make it the people's schools like in 1969 or whatnot neither did joe biden that's a good point you take those two guys who the folks on the political right in the united states would go oh they're both radicals but if you looked at those two men in 1971 who were both politically active? They had nothing to do with each other, and mm. neither one of them. And I want government so small that we can drown it in a bathtub, which is th- this violent imagery. I think that there's a lot of Trump and a lot of Bush
0: on the wall here. The two Obamas and one Clinton. This is why we have a skewed opinion here. Is because under Trump we had three justices. nominated and confirmed to the Supreme Court. And that is remarkable considering Donald Trump himself was not, in my opinion, the rightful winner of the 2016 elections. And in all likelihood, he's never been able to give any of these opinions or any of these decisions because he was ultimately supported by an enemy state or an adversary in Russia. And I think it's been proven well beyond reasonable doubt that he had Russian Supporters. And he had Russian contacts. He himself was a Russian asset. The idea that, that person can be allowed to make these nominations and appointments to the Supreme Court, considering he has basically acted as an agent for a foreign country during that period of time, is
1: striking beyond belief. That last part—that's going to be a real point of discussion here. I think, if given how much he was in the service of multiple hostile foreign mm-hmm. states. It's the GOP
0: for sure, and it's also Donald Trump and illegal presidency that landed up with an illegal attempted coup, I should remind everybody, which was designed to lead up to this su- same Supreme Court throwing out the election results because they had stacked the court with people that they knew were loyal to them.
1: So you hang that on, on Mitch McConnell. He never gets away from this, and he never says, mm-hmm. oh, I am oh, going to go talk about, nope that this is his coup d'etat as well.
0: Yeah, for sure it is. Let's look at these three, because they're three unique individuals. They each deserve their own moment in the spotlight here. But I should mention that each of them, and the reason why Donald Trump was able to get away with appointing them to the court, is because Leonard Leo and his Federalist Society had approved them. That His whole yeah. thing was, I'm not even doing the Supreme Court picking. I'm just going to pick anyone the Federalist Society tells me to pick. <laughs> Cause they're trustworthy, right? Everyone knows the federalist society. You add the federalist society in the hands of the Russian, China, Saudi Arabia and Israeli government engines, you get people like Kavanaugh, you get Gorsuch and you get Amy Coney Barrett. And these are three people that are outside of the norm, I mean, Gorsuch maybe not, but I'll explain why I think he is outside of the norm, so where mainstream politics is in America, surely. Amy Coney Barrett's background shouldn't be disqualifying, but it looks unusual, the fact that she has this cult upbringing, that that her marriage is governed by some sort of religious devotion to her husband, but that means that she has to follow everything he says. That's unusual for a Supreme Court justice, but let's say we don't have to look at those things, and there's other reasons maybe she shouldn't have been there. But Gorsuch and Kavanaugh are directly tied to the same group of people that gave us Donald Trump. And I think that's important. A lot of people don't realize this about Gorsuch, but his history, and particularly his mother's history at the EPA is really fascinating. Are you aware very much about what Gorsuch's mom was doing at the EPA? Anne M. Gorsuch was an American attorney and politician between 1981 and 1983. She served under President Ronald Reagan as the first female administrator of the Environmental Protection Agency, which sounds like a nice noble thing to do. But like the Trump administration, Mm -hmm. under Reagan, The EPA, under Gorsuch's command, decided they wanted to destroy the EPA from within. So she was one of those people who liked to gut the enforcement, who wanted to collapse all the regulations, who wanted to make it all just impossible for people to actually protect the environment. And one of her deputies, Rita Marie Lavelle, was the scapegoat for this and ultimately faced criminal charges in that she was perjured herself in testimony. Amongst the other things that they did was they raided the agency's super fund, which is a $1.6 billion fund designed to clean the air and to clean hazardous waste material. In 1982, Congress accused the EPA of mishandling a $1.6 billion toxic waste fund and demanded the proper records from her. Eventually, the EPA turned over the documents after Reagan's White House dropped its claim that the information was unable to be subpoenaed because they were part of executive privilege. Now, she's Hmm. the mother, she, her son may not be the same person, but he's not. His support from Leonard Leo is the reason Gorsuch is on the Supreme Court. And Leonard Leo is tied to the Koch family very directly. He's also tied to the Federalist Society we mentioned before, and also to the Council for National Policy, that extreme right-wing group that is trying to turn America into theocracy. So. People are allowed to have political affiliations. Of course they are. But when you're looking at a intentional campaign to install Supreme Court justices that will do the bidding of the mafia families, of the big mining families, of the big dons in America, now you're talking about corruption.
1: The Koch brothers there comes from, among other activities, building fossil fuel plants for Hitler and Stalin. And their connections to Russia go back all the way. They're foreign agents on U.S. soil that have U.S. passports. They could could have changed that attitude at any time, but clearly didn't.
0: Uh, Leonard Leo is their man. The best example is at George Mason University, where he is responsible for all the admissions to the law school over there. And Leo, is, according to this article in Slate, is friends with David and Charles Koch, and they've both donated generously to his organization. But Leo coordinated the donation of $10 million from the Charles Koch and $20 million from an anonymous donor to rename the, the George Mason University Law School after yeah. Justice Scalia.
1: Anthony Scalia, yeah.
0: yeah. That anonymous donor was later revealed to be the BH Fund, a tax-exempt group of which Leo is president. So he's basically... He's just basically the front man for them in a lot of ways. You know,
1: he's a, he's an honorary Koch brother, yeah, like the Bee Gees or something, the, or the Koch brother that really needs to have that suit let out. That he is. really does. That suit's not good for him. I mean, is, you can do a lot. with yeah. We're big guys. This is someone online that posted
0: all these connections that he has. Leonard Leo is not just Leonard Leo. Leonard Leo is all these other people, all these other organizations, the Federal Society, the Council for National Policy we mentioned before, all these organizations that are tax exempt organizations that promote different justices. It's a large scale movement. And since the 1970s, they have been building up an attempt to take over the Supreme Court. And now here they are. They've taken over the Supreme Court. They have five justices that are leaning right or very right. And they can do things that they've always wanted to do, get rid of abortion. It has been Leonard Leo's number one aim in life for the last 40 years, I think, to get rid of abortion, to get rid of Roe versus Wade in America. And now he's been able to do that. It appears
1: that he's been able to do that.
0: I don't know very much about the Knights of Malta. Do you know very much about the Knights of Malta? Oh, uh, yeah.
1: But, sure. I don't know.
0: If you look them up, they sound like a crazy thing. This is from the Daily Beast. Leo is a member of the secretive, extremely conservative Knights of Malta, a Catholic order founded in the 12th century that functions as a quasi-independent sovereign nation. you know that? I don't know. With its own diplomatic core, separate from the Vatican, United Nations status, and a tremendous amount of money and land. The knights, which recently have tussled with Pope Francis and resisted his calls for reform, take their own set of vows, as monks do. On the surface, the primary work of the order is humanitarian work around the globe, but it is also home to the noted Catholic conservatives, including Cardinal Raymond Leo Burke, a frequent foe of the reformist pope. Leonard's faith is a paramount to him when he traveled staff members had to find him a church near where he was staying so he could attend mass every day to be sure none of this is to repeat the odious claim of anti-catholicism of papist conspiracies and dual loyalty but Leo has spent a career shaping the federal judiciary to reflect rigid conservative religious dogmas those include the notions that human life begins at conception and that homosexuality is immoral The reason is that the moral natural law is a part of the fabric of the universe of laws of nature, and it trumps any secular law that humans or legislatures might dream up. As developed by St. Thomas Aquinas and a millennium of subsequent philosophers, everything has a natural function and it's unnatural misuse. Food is for nourishment and sex is for procreation. Civil diversion is not what it's all about. It's all about
1: procreation, reproduction, natural law, natural things. Now, Unless th- it's between a priest and an eleven-year-old boy. That, have the, that's, well, that's, that's a good point. You know, this Knights
0: of Malta, as we've been investigating all of Trump Russia and everything that landed up being Trump Russia, people like Eric Prince is a Knight of Malta, for example. And so you start yeah. finding a lot of people in the firmament of the Trump Mafia universe that belong to the Knights of Malta. And that's troubling that there is these deeply powerful, old religious organizations that might be at the root of a lot of the change that has been going on in America and may have the long vision and the resources to do something like what they've done to SCOTUS over 50 years by installing a bunch of extremist justices in in an American Supreme Court.
1: There's a local member of uh, the Knights of Malta here, she's passed on, but Phyllis Schlafly, Mm -hmm. Reagan era, anti-feminist. Really, she's from a very wealthy St. Louis family. And when she died, it's funny, I love the local media here, that like something huge will walk by, they'll pay absolutely no mind to it. The Knights of Malta eulogized her. And so- I actually, there's a photo of pole bearers from the Knights of Malta that were that laid her mm-hmm. rest. So- You've got the Schlafly Eagle Forum, the guy who runs that, Ed Martin, was part of the Jan 6th, organizing the January 6th He used to be the head of the GOP here in Missouri, and that's where guys like Mike Flynn would come, and I believe Steve Bannon as well would come here to the Schlafly's Eagle Forum, and that's the Knights of Malta, and spare me your Dan Brown cosplay, the Da Vinci Code cosplay here of... This is a religious thing. This is not about faith. This is about power. This is about covert money and covert intelligence. This is an organization of foreign <laughs> influence. Yeah, so.
0: Schlafly was, was the one who gave Flynn that award to, it was 2019, maybe. I don't know, maybe it was 2020. Yeah. But that giant award. And that's where we saw that dinner with him and all these, can we call them collaborators? Traitors. Uh, yeah. She's honored this guy. And again, the Knights of Malta are a thread throughout his history, too. And it's not a coincidence. These very moneyed, wealthy people are doing something that they maybe feel entitled to do, but that they're doing something very aggressive to disrupt America. This is not sure. America at its norm. We're not experiencing America at its norm. We're experiencing America no. heavily attacked on all enemies of democracy.
1: So in my, the Garland family got here pre-Pilgrim. My ancestor, Peter the Mariner Garland, helped chart the seas around New Hampshire and Maine and Massachusetts, which then my people landed and whatnot. Anyhow, I got the pay stubs of my grandfathers who fought in the Revolutionary War and the Civil War. And look, that's not to say they were great folks necessarily, or that this country was where it needed to be or had all the values that we had dreamed up for it when the full nation kicked on in the late 1700s. But the notion of, even if it was just for a few landowning white dudes, The notion of being free of these imperial mystical organizations, that was paramount. Even if they themselves may have owned slaves or they themselves were elitist in other ways, they were like, okay, maybe that's us and we'd like the nation to get better. But they definitely wanted to cast off the Catholic Church. They wanted to cast off the notion of primogeniture and divine right of kings. The founding fathers had really sketchy moral history, all of them, but the one thing that they were really big on was spare us your sky friend bullshit and get to work. That this is a secular nation that is a nation of laws, not men, and all this bullshit with titles and secret, they had the masons but the Masons is like, a, of course, a labor union. They were the ones building the cathedrals back in the day. And so they had their systems of hand signals and whatnot it was because they were like the inventors of the retirement system and insur- like basically health insurance. That if you were a Mason, you could get healthcare and you could That's stay at their series of inns. Anyhow, so they sometimes pin that on George Washington. Oh, oh, they had their secret societies too, but it was different. And it may have been flipped and subverted since then, but it's not the same thing. If you read their writing from the time that this country was founded, they hated the febrile religiosity of the old world there. Remember, they were only a hundred so years of everybody murdering each other in the street over the schism in the Christian church, mm. Witch burning was not that far off. We dabbled with it a little bit in Massachusetts. There was <laughs> the founding fathers when they're like, all right, let's do this and let's write the documents that we are still basing this country on that this Supreme Court takeover, that's what this is. This is dragging this shit back before 1776. It's not normal, it's not natural. Talk about natural law. America has progressed so
0: much since that time. People's rights have progressed so much. Our privacy rights have progressed so much and they are dragging us back to a religious colonial
1: era. It's not even colonial, it's medieval. Yeah, This is some of the shit in St. Louis here where we're gonna, we don't need a warrant to search your house Mm. or we'll throw you in jail and you'll die and you can't sue us. That's pre Magna Carta. Talking about dragging this place back 900 years. Pre Magna Carta, pre habeas corpus. Yeah, you're
0: talking about things like abortion and gay rights. You're talking about the state interfering in your personal private life your personal private decisions about how you want to spend your life, how you want to govern your own body, which is quintessentially American. And now this uh, Republican Party, which supposedly is libertarian, give me a break. These guys are in favor of the Supreme Court interfering in a woman's right to choose what to do with her body. It's the most anti
1: libertarian thing you've ever heard of. It's also anti fact, anti science, mm. anti reason. And yeah. that's why I dragged this back eight hundred years. You know how old the grand jury system is? <laughs> no, how old is the grand jury it's system? A, it's about eight hundred years old. What? The uh, the notion that you know that you could be accused of a crime mm-hmm. of some sort. Like if it was a major and heinous crime, they were trying to several hundred years old where they're needed to be courts, aside from the ecclesiastical, just some religious figure saying, he's committed a heresy. They're like, no, we need a group of people from the community to sit in and hear about the charges before makes, we lay those out, to me, that right? To because me. otherwise you have a small group of people with their extreme religious beliefs coming up with some bullshit and then changing your life or laying hands on your body or killing you or something mm-hmm. like that. Boy, that'd be terrible we're talking about over 500 years of legal history there. And this group of miscreants wants us back to the dark. America is a great example of what democracy can deliver.
0: It's a great example of how you can take people from different parts of the world and they will work together based on the fact that they can all ascribe to a single idea, to a single notion and It's worked. It's worked so well that America has landed up leading the world for well over a century, but longer than that, of course. And it's certainly the last century that was the American century that towards the end of it, people started writing off America. And I don't think this is the end of America. And no one should allow these foreign invaders say that it is the end of America. Because, in fact, America is the system that has led the world in the last hundred years. And there is no better system out there that we've seen And it continues to be a shining light for everybody else in the world. And we continue to be, even through these enormous difficulties, a place that can handle change, can handle all the commotion we've had in our society and still hold on to rule of law. It is remarkable that all of that has happened in the last five years, considering what we've been through. And this should not be a reason, today's opinion, just an opinion, should not be a reason that we derail where we were going. As far as I'm concerned, January the 6th remains key in understanding what's going on and this opinion should not derail anyone's attention in terms of understanding what happened on that day. We need to know what happened on that day and those people need to go to jail if they committed crimes that are against the constitution of this country. That's the rule of law.